All right, we're live. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second Crypto Mining Tools podcast ever. And today we have our guest, JL. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. JL, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how to pronounce your last name? Yeah, hi, JL Zeckler. Uh, you know, some names don't make it over through Ellis Island very easily, and mine was one of those. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've been a miner ever since the end of 2017, 2018. So I've experienced a couple ups and downs, but I'm still in the game. And I think that's why we get to talk because nice. I survived. Yeah. And uh, and today our co-host is Ethan Zerka. Hi, everybody. Uh, Ethan Zerka here. Good morning. <laughs> um, I actually have the uh, very distinct pleasure of knowing JL personally. And I've been over to his mining farm and some fascinating things. I've really learned a lot of fascinating things going to your, your farm, JL. And um, one of the things that I would really like uh, the viewers to know about, or the listeners, I should say, um, is, you know, about your, your farm. And, you know, we're in a time now where it's, it's very difficult and it's a struggle to keep mining, but you found very unique and innovative ways to keep your gear running, to keep it profitable, either by loading new operating systems or specialized tuning. Could you please tell us uh, a bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, most of the innovations, uh, <laughs> that, that I've had to implement have come out of necessity. So I had the pleasure of buying graphics cards when they were very um, unavailable and you had to pay top dollar for them. So I remember paying $500 for a, an AMD card and I was thrilled at the price. I, I thought 500 was sweet because I put I plugged that into what to mine. We've all been there. And We've I, all been there. I was going to make so much money on Ethereum. And, uh, you know, and then quickly uh, things dropped and I had to figure out, well, no one's buying this equipment right now. I can't just liquidate it. And I really love mining and I believe long term in cryptocurrency. So how do I stay involved? And the more I got in the threads online and started tinkering with the equipment, turns out you can make these things run a lot more efficient. And you can stop worrying about, well, how much Ethereum am I making, but how much Ethereum am I keeping every month? Which okay, that so was. You're a, a tinkerer then. You, you like I am. I am. I, I mean, I was building my first computer when I was 12. So it it was so natural for me to grab motherboards and start slapping things on it. And uh, it brought me back to those early days. What, but, what coins are you mining right now? So today at the farm, I'm mining Beam with the graphics cards that I have there still. Uh, I'm mining Bitcoin. It, that's the bulk of my mining. Um, and then I am I am day by day deciding whether to plug in or unplug my Litecoin miner. So I, uh -huh. <laughs> that's been a wild ride over the last six months. So uh, that's my main that's my main mining now. Okay. But, but even today, my main focus is you know how much coin am I keeping at the end of the month? Not what does my Terra hash look like, uh, but wh what do I get to keep at the end of the month when I pay some bills? Um, that's where you start getting a lot more real, you know, in this game, when you start looking at, Hey, I'm not just mining on a couple graphics cards. I have 500 ASICs running now. So that electricity bill is not small. Yeah. And, and so where, where are you pointing those, uh, those Bitcoin miners at right now? What pool? Well, I have been on a couple different pools and, and there's some great ones out there recently got introduced to Nova block and uh, I think they're relatively oh, yeah. new. Um, but they've been solid and they're here in North America, which is nice. And, uh, yeah, I got to meet a couple of the people that are working there and building, and it's it's just been a seamless transition over to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you have something to say about Nova Block, don't you? Yeah, I mean, for for those of you who don't know, Nova Block launched back in August 2019, and within four months, they become one of the top 15 public mining pools worldwide, and their goal awesome. is to decentralize the hash rate. 
um, with a focus on North America. And they believe that as mining shifts from China, North America will be the leading um, you know, mining pool provider in the industry. And so that's why Novablock wants to change the landscape with uh, increased transparency and educate customers on what the best type of pool for their needs. So it's it's a really great yeah. company. Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. So uh, Novablock, yeah, so they, they are sponsoring this episode. Um, okay. Just to be transparent. And um, they have an exclusive offer until January 20th. You can get a reduction uh, down to 1.8% uh, pool fee if you use the uh, invitation code OFFERED18. So that's O F F O R D 1 8. And all caps. Um, yeah, all caps, yes. So you could go to novablock.com and uh, you can talk to Vincent V. Vincent at Novablock. And um, you can check out their mining pool. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Does that mean if I type in offered one five, I might get a 1.5 pool fee? <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. I may, maybe I'm the only one that messes with offer codes to see if I can get a better deal. Only you, JL. That, that's what I love about you is you, you're always thinking out of the box and how can I save just that little bit more? That's what, that's what makes you a great miner. No, thanks. Yeah. So what, what are some of these tricks then that you're using to stay profitable? Yeah. I mean, one of them is, uh, you know, what you track and what you look at is what helps you make these decisions. So, you know, watts per terahash and how much does it cost to make a Bitcoin are the things I'm tracking day to day. So I was just talking with someone that wants to put in, you know, 30 or 50 more um, S17s into my space and have me host them. And the main thing I'm talking to that person about is, well, there's a lot of different options with some of the firmwares, the custom firmwares that are out there. There's a lot of different ways we can run this. You know, you can focus on just getting as much uh, Bitcoin every month as possible, but you're also spending a lot more on electricity to do that. So I walked him through, you know, some of the experiments I've ran with this custom firmware. And, I, you know, I find that there are, you know, Telegram is now where I spend an enormous amount of my time daily. Uh, used to be on the uh, various forums on Reddit, but it's really Telegram, um, learning about different firmwares that are out there, trying them, testing them, seeing what results I really get. So the biggest thing that I'll do is, uh, you know, take some suggestions on, you know, how can I customize an S17, for instance, and then plug it into my my metered PDU and see, is that what it's really getting? And often it's not, you know, often you're getting different results. So now I'm tinkering yeah. with it. You know, I have my S17 uh, currently running at 65 terahash, 2700 watts. It's about 42 watts per terahash. You know, with my electricity, that'll make a Bitcoin for $2,700 which is reasonable. That means anything over, as long as Bitcoin stays over 2,700, I'm still profitable with that machine. Yeah, and I, I know you're, you're really big on uh, knowing those exact numbers. You know? <laughs> How much yeah. is it gonna cost me to yeah. make a Bitcoin? Yeah, because I don't, you know, I, I'm a small farmer. Like I don't have money behind me. I don't have large investments. So, you know, this next month for me to stay in business, I have to, I have to stick to those rules. And I found that that also keeps me from making some of the dumber decisions I made early on. Like now I won't buy equipment unless I fully understand how am I gonna get my money back out of this and how much profit should I expect? And yeah. I'm a lot more conservative, you know? Yes, I think Bitcoin's gonna get to 50 and 100,000, but I want to still be mining while we get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't wanna be out of the game when we finally get there, you know? So it's not 100% FOMO now, it's just a little no. bit of FOMO. Just a little bit, right. just a little bit. You know, <laughs> I still believe this is the biggest, you know, technology, 
uh, shift we're going to see. You know, I, I the internet was the big one that I didn't capitalize on. And as this was coming around, I thought, oh, I'm not missing it this time. You um you mentioned that when you first got into this, you you couldn't have bought at a worse time. Right. And and from those lessons, because it sounds like you've learned a, a lot of lessons. What advice would you give um, into people getting into the market? When it, do you feel is the best time to buy? I mean, other than just having kind of figured out how you're going to get your return on investment. Yeah. I mean, I think about right now we're in a moment um, that I was waiting for. So I have been buying up a lot of equipment over the last three months. Um, you know, what I learned was when people aren't excited, when um, when there is actually stock sitting, you know, at Bitmain or somewhere else and it's not sold out, it means there isn't such a high demand that the price might be out of out of line with what you can expect for results. So I look at a moment when everyone's not excited about expanding and think that's probably an opportunity. And then I just run yeah. the math. Like the other thing that keeps me really honest now that I would suggest is you really got to run the math with conservative numbers. Like what if Bitcoin doesn't go up as we go through the happening? Like, will you be profitable on the other side of that? Like you got to, you got to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Like if Bitcoin doesn't shoot up, if it doesn't double in price, are you okay? Or does that mean you're filing bankruptcy or selling all your equipment off? Because you'll be pretty disappointed in that moment. Right. So, so talk, that's part of it. About, um, doing, the, doing the numbers and doing the calculations. How do you do those numbers? You just yeah. have a, a calculator on that's, the computer That's on your the phone exact same question. Well, this is, this yeah, is perfect. Do you have a spreadsheet or? Yeah. You guys have made for me the most useful tool that I found yet. And I have a bunch of spreadsheets where you can just make these algorithms. Um, but the tools you guys have put online, I have now been using because you did that one thing that's difficult for me to do manually, which is build in the happening to your results. So now looking at what are my results over the next year, those are so much more accurate because you guys have built in the effect of the happening to those results. So and what, then I play, I play with things like, well, difficulty is going to rise. So how much? I don't I don't know exactly, but I will typically plug in at least one percent a week as a difficulty rising factor. What What's one thing that we could change about the the crypto mining tools um, website? What's What's something that would might make it a little bit more useful for you? Well, certainly if if there were just an API that tied directly to my panel, I mean, that'd make it real easy. <laughs> you, you, can take, you can just take my existing equipment and tell me exactly where I'm at right now. Uh, but but anyone that's running a farm knows their knows their own metrics pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you hope. You hope. Yeah, that's true. I suppose I don't know how many people are um, running the various, um, custom firmwares that are out there. Um, but having a, having a factor where you could say using Vinish's, you know, turbo mode, you know, where it's doing like 78 terahashes at 3,700 Watts, what do my S17s look, you know, cause there, there are some standard numbers out there that you could probably pull in. That'd be neat. Just see yeah. what, and that's introducing people to the various firmwares that are out there at the same time. Right. Yeah. So um, in the process of developing the 2.0, I wanted to make sure that we had the ability to put in custom parameters. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that'll, you know, help, uh, you know, fill in that gap for you. Yeah. You know, the other thing is um, when I'm using the tool, I constantly have to have a calculator window open because I need to say, oh, what if I, what if I acquire 900 S17s? What if I run them at this and this? Like maybe there's an easy way to build in a calculator rate right in the platform so I don't have to leave to another app or another yeah. window. L like, a, like a multiplier, basically. Totally. Because I'm right, just okay. doing basic math the whole time I'm using that tool. Like it'd be cool if it was just built right in. That'd be yeah. neat. 
Awesome. Awesome yeah. idea. So um, you're, you seem like an entrepreneur yourself, but you also yeah. uh, teach entrepreneurship. I do. And it, I, I thought I was going to be a teacher, you know, when I was a kid, I, when I grew up, I thought I'd be a teacher, but that only realized at 40, like I, I have done everything but teaching up until now. Um, yeah, I, I was out in San Francisco and, and I am constantly, uh, for better or for worse, you know, starting companies and getting involved with other people. Um, you know, it's one of those like, you know, you're an entrepreneur if even when you've tried to avoid it, you keep starting companies or you keep joining other people. Um, so, so I was out in San Francisco and these college students came and visited from uh, Miami University of Ohio and they were really impressive students. And I was, I was just teaching them stuff about marketing and consulting at the time. And I tried to hire a few of them um, coming, out of, coming out of that summer visit. And the, the professor told me they were sophomores in college. Like I thought they were graduating seniors. <laughs> so I was like, well, I need to know more about whatever this program is. And it's funny now because I work in that program and I teach the classes that they were going through. Uh, but they learn every freshman at, at the business school at Miami in Ohio has to take a class in creativity, has to take a class in programming, just kind of like standard business tools you'll need no matter what you do. Um, and I love it. And I really, um, my class is an opportunity to really shake people up. So I've got finance and accounting majors mainly, and I'm teaching them about creativity. Like imagine, imagine how that ruffles their feathers. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, you work crypto into that? Any, any I do. I do. I, I was doing a meeting with a couple students virtually and I said, Hey, you guys want to actually see my warehouse? And I just walked in on FaceTime and they were just like, what is that? <laughs> what are all those green lights? <laughs> Why does it sound like there's cicadas everywhere in your warehouse? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I do. Because I, I talk about, you know, especially for an accountant, you know, good luck if you don't think you need to be creative. Like right now, the rules change every three to six to nine months. And, you know, the, there's only a few accountants right now that I found that really have a handle on what's going on with cryptocurrency, how to, you know, yeah. I got... I got Bitcoin um, deposited this morning, you know, from my mining results from yesterday. It's not simple to decide how to treat that cost basis. And, you know, a year from now when my taxes are finally filed, how much did I make or lose or, you know, that it's not simple. Yeah. So, so long as you're not teaching them to be too creative. Right? <laughs> right, right. See, they, they always hear it that way the first time, like, no, 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 we're not supposed to be creative. I mean, like, no, no, no. Like how you represent this information isn't standard. Like there's five different ways to represent this, but yes, you're right. You, you, you want to be creative in the wrong way. Yeah. Is there is there any key or or secret you impart with students that um, you know you found to just be like a secret to success? Is it perseverance? Is it yeah, you know, doggedness? You know, is it? It's interesting. There, um, these are really competitive. Miami Miami runs a, a very competitive business school, so they're very competitive. I. I asked him in one of my classes about a month ago, how many of you played competitive sports all the way through high school? It was like 95% of the students. So th there, it's, there's no lack of like effort or grit or hustle with them, but they're scared of failing. They're deathly afraid of failing. And it's, it's one of the biggest things that's in the way of them being creative because you, you'll go with what you know if you're scared of mm -hmm. failing. Um, it's also one of the biggest things that's going to keep them from doing something new and unique. So the biggest thing in this, in this class is how can I help them have an experience of trying something new, becoming a little bit more resilient to fail because you're going to fail. There's no doubt. You know, it's how you respond to it. And each time they do that, they become a little less scared 
to try something new. And that's it. That's success for me is if I can get them and we do it in the classroom and like we, we have an exercise, an assignment where they have to go out and fail three times on purpose, like something ridiculous. Like, no, call, I think that's awesome. Like call that's their parents wonderful. and ask them if they can buy a car or, you know, like something that's like high stakes, you know, and they can't, they can't tell the person that they're pretending, but it's the only way, you know, it's why, it's why as you get older, you get a little more comfortable with failure because you, you just had to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more learning how to to deal with failure and not be a victim of it, but a survivor through it. Right. And and learning, you know, that you're going to fall down, but hey, you can always get back up, you can brush yourself off and you can keep going. I yeah. think that is a very, very important vital life skill to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about um, it's really relevant to the the mining farm that I'm running right now. So I I acquired this. We started working on this deal in, I want to say, um, April or May, finally closed it uh, like end of July. The difficulty of Bitcoin changed substantially in that period of time. And had I had I fully seen that coming? Well, I didn't see a bump to 13,000 happening like that really that threw off my whole plan. They got everyone way too excited. I wanted to acquire everything and run it for a while and then have everyone get excited again about Bitcoin. Like I didn't I didn't want it to happen that way. So yeah. by the time I'm done closing the deal, I own a bunch of S9s that are barely profitable. And as the difficulty goes up, running them in any kind of standard way won't be profitable at all here in Cincinnati. You know, yeah. If you've got two cent power, sure, they're still profitable no matter what you're doing <laughs> with them. But I, I, that's not what I have. So um, like in the last <coughs> month, I have figured out how to get these machines to a, a max efficiency. So they're running now at about 74 watts per terahash. And it's two S9s are running off of one PSU. So that also conserves a lot of space on my shelves. And those PSUs are valuable. I can liquidate those and make back some of the money. So it's, <laughs> it's that kind of you know, I, I either could have given up and just liquidated everything like, shoot, I shouldn't have made this deal. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have bought this warehouse full of machines. I guess I'll just, you know, cut my losses and walk away or, you know, figure is there another way, you know, yeah. and just keep asking that question. And that's, that's the thing. Yeah. If, yeah. if you can make it right now, uh, you know, and figure out yeah. all these yeah. little things, then when when the going gets good, it's it's only going to be that much better for you. Exactly, exactly. And this allows me to survive long enough to get to the next round of equipment, you know, changeover. Like that's what I'm working on now. How how quickly can I now get this this warehouse flipped over to newer equipment so I can run for the next three to five years? You know, I don't think S9s, yeah. I don't think I'm going to have S9s in a couple of years, but I'm going to keep yeah. using them until I can't, you know? So uh, tell us a little bit more about, uh, you call it a co-op? Yeah, yeah. So when I started this whole thing, uh, you know, I had shut down a GP warehouse in California and I had brought everything with me, got got to Ohio. And, you know, that that was my unplugging moment where I said, well, I have to move. I'm not going to plug these back in until I figure out how to be more profitable with them. And while they were unplugged, you know, ended up with this warehouse. And one of the things that I, I keep thinking about outside of, you know, how do I make money at this warehouse is how, how can I participate in helping other people get into crypto? Like it, this is better for all of us. The more people that understand I've got my family covered. My daughters right now take their allowance in Bitcoin or Ethereum or Bitcoin. That Cash. is so awesome. Uh, when my oldest daughter comes back from babysitting, she'll say, where's Bitcoin at right now? So like yesterday she came back and I said, Hey, uh, Bitcoin's, you know, dipping right at about 7,000. She said, great, I'll put my $100 in now. Can you, can you facilitate, you know, like the, when, when Bitcoin quick jumped up to 10,005, what was that about a month ago when I should have liquidated? 
so that I could pay bills and didn't, um, you know, I don't do all this. I don't do this perfect. Um, and I think Ethan, you were telling me to even do it. Um, you know, I don't make every de right decision, but she, she was trying to figure out how to get on Coinbase pro so that she could, she could uh, liquidate. so she could liquidate and then, and buy, then back. buy back. Like she has no intention of like not being in Bitcoin, but I'm like, you're 16. This is amazing. So I want more people to do that. And I thought awesome. most Bitcoin miners are trying to stay secret. They don't want anybody, you know, they're trying to keep their the giant fans on the outside of their facility. They're trying to make it so no one even knows what those are. And I thought, what if I just did this different? What if I just challenged that assumption that we should stay secret? What if I just let people walk through? What if I just take that risk on? Sure, someone might uh, load a virus onto my network. Very unlikely. Someone might steal some of my S9s. Oh, well, I'll get more. They're not very expensive. <laughs> um, I realized like this I think I will enjoy this. It's one of the things that now I'm adding to business ventures, which is make sure I enjoy it also, not just that it's profitable. I enjoy this so much more when other people are in this, in the space with me, learning about it with me. Um, so like, e like Ethan coming and hanging out at the space, like that yeah. was so natural and so fun. And a lot more of that'll happen. And I, I just want families in, in Cincinnati to have that experience. When you stand in that warehouse, like you, you should get to stand in that warehouse. It is bizarre. You know what? This world is insane. It seems normal to me now, but it's not. And it, I want other people to come. I want people to feel comfortable, you know, hosting a couple machines. And I, I've done like a friends and family discount for hosting where I'm barely breaking even on it, but it means they get to participate, which yeah. is better. You know, I thought I've got extra electricity sitting here. I've got empty plugs. Why not share? I yep. think, and I think this industry could use a little bit more of that. I think if we were a little more open-handed with each other, and I see that actually, there's a lot of open sourcing going on, and I really love that. And I think the more we do that, the better, because this is this is young, this is early. You know, I want other people involved, so For that'll sure. be my approach. I do need to get my space cleaned up so it actually looks like a, yes. a reasonable place. Maybe maybe some more heat yeah. in there. It's a little cold right now in the in the office. I don't have any heat running in the office space, and my graphics cards that are sitting in there aren't doing the job. So we'll we'll get it to a place where people can come visit. But yeah, that's the plan. The plan is to have yeah. The plan is to have like once a month kind of open house events. So I think we'll do that in the spring. Um, where people can just come and see it and maybe do like a one hour, what is crypto? What is Bitcoin? Um, you know, what is this Bitcoin thing you keep hearing about? Um, and then I, I have ideas of, you know, running weekly classes where you get, maybe you pay 200 bucks to be in the class, you get a hardware wallet, you get $50 worth of Bitcoin loaded on it. You know, we do a, a two hour class where you, you actually finally learn what the heck is this thing? How do I use it? Where can I use it? Um, that's been, that's my point. And it, of course, as a teacher, I can't help but want to do that. Right. Kind of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's the heart behind it is how do, how do we make this more accessible to everybody? I've got the space now. Um, it doesn't hurt me one bit to invite people in. Um, I'm not scared of that. You know, I'm not worried about people coming in and causing havoc. Definitely. We need to uh, talk more about that. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. definitely. Yeah. Totally. I, I think you can wander over and we can do some great things. Yeah. I so, wish I lived as close to my warehouse as you do, Ethan. <laughs> you think to be on call for you, man. Just, just, just for everybody out there, I like literally live one mile away from where he is mining. And it's so easy and so convenient for me to go from my house to his farm. Yeah. yeah. And this is a, it's a rare, it's a rare space that has a lot of available power, but is near a city. So, you know, most of these locations are going to be in the middle of nowhere. And 
Um, you know, I have approval to go up to three and a half megawatts right now. So that that means I could have a, a much bigger warehouse full of equipment. You if, know. if you go up to three and a half megawatt, um, is your electricity price going to go down? Um, I should be able to negotiate yet another drop. So I'm now I'm I'm renegotiating already right now the deal I made even just a couple months ago. And that'll get me into the fours, which, you know, that's that's reasonable. That's yeah. reasonable. And I think at three megawatts, we might be getting, you know, right at about four cents. I can I can stay in this game for a long time at four cents. It's yeah. not it's not like globally. It's, I'm not killing it globally, but it's good enough that I get to keep running the business. And that's okay. I don't need yeah. to be the most profitable miner. I just need to be profitable enough to keep to keep doing it. And, and so so how does that work with negotiating power? I, I know every yeah. uh, county or every state is different. Yeah, very different. I mean, California, there was nothing to negotiate. It, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Here's how. And in fact, California's the out. They don't have at least where I was stuck in my warehouse. They did not have excess power. So it was exactly the opposite. The more you use, the more expensive it got. And I get that they they had limited access to power. But in Ohio, you have um, deregulation, which allows for competition. And that 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 can go outside of Ohio. So I got an energy broker to help me navigate this because this is not something I'm an expert at. And that energy broker does this all day. Where they, does one find an energy <laughs> broker? Like, well, I'd be glad to tell you all about Blaze, which is the coolest name ever for an energy broker. Yeah, uh, I just send him like uh, lightning and fire emojis all the time. <laughs> right. um, but there are a couple. There are a couple. There are a couple people out there that are. They are all day. And of course, like every commodity has a, a market where people are buying and selling. I just didn't think about energy in that way. Yeah. Um, but got introduced to him from the guys over at Immersion Systems and because he had helped them out with a couple things. And uh, yeah, he just said, look, there's an open market for energy. Let's put your bid out there. Let's say, here's how much you want to use right now. Here's how much you want to use in the future. How much would they sell it for to you? And they like miners because someone who has excess electricity when they sell it to a miner, they know I will be using exactly the same amount every day, all day for the next two years. Like, and it grows. Consistent. Yeah, yeah just very consistent. consistent. Use. They know exactly yeah, what they're getting. Consistency and and the Bitcoin mining industry doesn't really seem, you know, yeah, to fit to me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they love us as energy buyers because we're very consistent and we buy a lot at once. We buy a big block of energy, so. You know, I got I got offers, I got competitive offers that you don't see on their website. And and the broker's taking a cut, you know, and I, I'm actually thrilled. I like when incentives are aligned. Like I want that broker working super hard to get me a good deal because they know they get paid too if they get me a really good deal. So just I, uh, generally, generically, how much do you think a broker might make like like on a per kilowatt hour? basis i that's a really good question i i under i think how it works is they are they're adding a in the same way that like low uh, mortgages used to work this way where the broker would get a rate from the bank and then give you a slightly different rate and they, yeah, get, the, they get the difference yeah, yeah there's a couple points in here so i i would guess if you're paying let's say four cents for electricity that a broke if a broker worked with it that there was you know 25 or 50 cents in there as a um, you know, broker fee, but I don't know. I don't know what, how many points they're, they're adding. I do know that he was able to get me much lower offers than I can get, which is nice. And that, yeah. that comes, that comes with the benefit of, I'm not a big buyer on, on the, on that market. I'm, you know, buying a couple megawatts isn't a big deal, but 
uh, Blaze is working. I'm a part of Blaze's portfolio, and he's selling hundreds of megawatts, or maybe a, more like a gigawatt every year. So I get to, you know, I'm getting to come along with that. Like when Blaze mm-hmm. is selling more electricity, they have a ten year relationship with Blaze of selling electricity. So I think I got better rates than my than how much I'm using would justify, which is yeah. great. That's what you want. You want, you know, if you can get an advantage somewhere. Again, just one of the other places you can like, you know, do slightly better if you just take a little time to figure it out. Right. Isn't it crazy how many things there are to learn in this industry? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. You gotta take a crash course every single day, you know? Yeah. Our last conversation was about uh, apparently there's an opportunity for me to shut down my my warehouse for small periods of time when there's high demand. Right. And I get energy credits for doing that. And that will, you know, I don't I don't mind shutting it down for a little while if mm-hmm. in the back. On the back end, that's bringing it down another twenty-five or fifty cents overall for the month. Like that—that's yeah. big savings mm-hmm. for me. You know, that might be five or ten thousand dollars difference. Well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, interruptible uh, power, or yeah, yeah. And it, you know, I might need a, I might need a partner that can build some, you know, custom PDUs to help me with that. You know, if you guys know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. We'll advertise that in the next episode. <laughs> oh, good. I'm really excited about that. That's my, you know, my next expansion. I'm really excited to talk with you guys more about now how to, I'm stuck with whatever the person before me did. And it's, yeah. oh yeah, it's fine. Electricity, <laughs> gets, electricity gets to the miner and they run. It's yeah. not using the electricity very wisely. And I'm, yeah. I'm excited to think about that from the ground up with you guys. Cause I know you can customize a lot of things. So yeah, that'll this be fun. What, what happens when you mix residential and industrial electrical systems? <laughs> <laughs> What's with all these plastic plates? This is so right. weird. <laughs> yeah, if you ever get a chance to walk through my space on one of those, uh, you know, open house days, you'll see what I mean. It looks like it. You know, Ethan said it perfect. It looks like an industri- a commercial contractor and a residential electrician had a baby and then did my space. Like, right. <laughs> weird. Looks yeah. a little bit like your house and a and an industrial space at the same time. Well, we um we like to keep these episodes short so it's easy awesome. for people to consume. But uh, yep. yeah, any last advice or, or tips for somebody maybe looking to get into this? Yeah, you know, there was one thing I meant to say earlier, which was, um, you know, don't overextend yourself, but get involved somehow. You know, like I know it doesn't feel like buying one miner right now is going to make any big difference in your life, but that's where I started. You know, I'm standing in a room full of 500 ASICs, but I got started with one graphics card. And uh, I would just say, like, you, you want to be involved. Like, it, if there's any interest in all in tinkering with these machines and seeing how they work, like, just think of it as even if you lose all your money, you know, in buying a $500 miner or something. Um, and I guess that's the other thing is there's a lot of used equipment. You do not have to buy the newest, most expensive machine that's ever been made right now that just right. got released last week. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a there's some great brokers uh, out there that can help you find, you know, a used machine to get started. That would be my suggestion. If, if this is interesting at all to you mining, just get started somehow. Yeah. Or, yeah. or even like your daughter, you know, just uh, get yeah. paid for your babysitting gigs in Bitcoin, oh you know, just, just oh take it on that way. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, what does it hurt to throw a tiny bit of money, you know, and Coinbase is, is by far the easiest way for someone to get started. Just throw a little bit of money into Coinbase just so you can say you're participating and then yeah. take it from there. Yeah. And I know there's a cash app. They have a, a way yeah. to, to do Bitcoin yep. really yeah. easily. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so so where where do you get most of your information? Or, or, you know, you said you participate in Telegram. Some people don't know what that is. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And it, it is weird. It's a little bit like group me or WhatsApp or, you know, it's a, 
it's this other world. Um, but I, I started with just Google searches. Like the back in 2013, I just set up a Google search to send me any articles about Bitcoin. And so once a week, I got a digest of, and that's something you can just go on Google and set up in five seconds. Maybe that's the easiest way to start. Like just start, you know, be careful what you read. A lot of the stuff out there is, uh, you know, doom and gloom. Um, you know, if, you, if there's any industry you're a part of, you know, a lot of the news just wants to sell the sell the bad parts. But that's where I started. I just started with some Google searches and some articles. I spent a lot of time uh, in Reddit forums um, specific to coins, but I wouldn't start there. You know, I just just get on. Bitcoin.com's fine. A great place to start. Just read some articles. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, JL, if people want to reach out to you and, and learn more about your co-op there in Ohio, um, yep. how should they do that? Yeah, a couple different ways. You can email me, jl at beardmining.com. Um, on Telegram, you'll find me, JL Zeckler. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find me, same name, JL Zeckler. Uh, glad to connect in any way that's easy for you. Awesome. Well, we're, we're going to tweet this out, and we'll, we'll get your contact information out there. And uh, yeah. yeah, well, thanks for coming on our show. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Good to see you again, Jay. Yeah, see you soon. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay. So this episode was uh, sponsored by NovaBlock uh, Mining Pool. And you can go to their website. When you sign up, use the invitation code OFFERED18. And uh, yeah, check that out. It's a North American-based mining pool launched in August 2019. NovaBlock.com.